it's basically taking pieces of glass and cutting them up into particular designs. I do a lot of abstract and you glue it down to a base piece and I put it in a kiln and it goes up to 14 or 1500 degrees and it fuses the glass together. Hello there and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. You know what? I love being the host of this show. I have so many unique, talented people uh, coming onto the show as guests and today's no different because on today's show I have the pleasure of welcoming fused glass artist, instructor and business owner, Nancy Marks. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Hi, Rick. Happy to be here. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, you and I are going to be talking about your passion for glass art and how how you're enabling aspiring glass artists to explore glass art and witness their creative vision take shape. Now, first and foremost, where are you calling in from today? The Los Angeles area. Fantastic. Now, whereabouts in LA uh, do you reside exactly? Is it nearby work or do you have to travel? Or? Oh, no, I'm three miles from my uh, studio. Uh, so I could actually probably walk it, but since I usually bring my laptop with me, I drive. Yes, fantastic. Now you're like me. I, I like to get in the car and just get get the day underway pretty quickly. Now tell me a little bit about uh, what you love about LA. Actually, I've been out here since 1979. Yep. Um, and I've met some wonderful people. I mean, yes, there's areas just like any place that aren't quite as nice, but I have been very blessed with the people I've met, the jobs I've had. Um, I have a daughter that um, was born out here, and she's a true Californian. Oh, yeah. Now, well, look, uh, having traveled uh, um, to various places across the states, L.A. was certainly a highlight for me. You know, um, you know, your typical touristy type spots that I saw, but there's another, there's another side to it, isn't there? There really is. We're just outside of Los Angeles Northwest. Yep. So sort of if you were driving to Santa Barbara. Got it. Got it. Now, what do you like to do with yourself? Do you have any hobbies? Do you like to get into involved socially? What's your thing? Oh, I love travel. Um, I've traveled a lot of the world. I've been very blessed. My parents love to travel. Um, my husband has loved is, is enjoying travel. He never did a lot until he met me. Um, <laughs> and I love discovering other other people and their, you know, the habits Culture and the things and that they do, and you know, their specialties and. They're hidden gems. So what's on your bucket list for travel? Where would you like to go that you haven't been yet? I haven't been to Asia and I haven't been to Australia, New Zealand. Well, there you go. That's an eye opener. You know, Australia is a secret, secret place. Don't tell many people about it once you get here because you want to stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, went, we got as far as Fiji and loved that. Um, and met a lot of Australians and New Zealanders down there. So that was that was delightful. Yes, no, look, uh, we'd be more than happy to, to swing the doors open, have you here any time that you visit, that's for sure and certain. Now, tell me, do you like movies and music? What's your thing? Do you like uh, any particular type of movie? For movies, I like rom-coms. I really like romantic, romantic comedies. Yep. I'm a sucker for them. I, even if you know how it's going to end, I don't care. It's a great <laughs> time to just decompress and just have happy people and happy thoughts and and good energy you seem to you strike me the sort of person that at one stage or another has had pets in their lives have, is that true do you think yeah oh, very good yes um we've always had pets in our lives until recently i had a horse when i was younger yeah. um and my parents decided that my horse should drive we were in massachusetts so they got a buggy and a sleigh and the sleigh sounded like so much fun until you have 
cold enough weather that they don't plow the streets. Oh, yes, yes. And that cold air blowing in your face as your horse is trotting along is a beautiful image. (laughs) (laughs) Reality kicks in. You get pretty cold quickly. So was it a mare, a stallion? What type of horse was it? He was a gelding. Gelding? Um, He was a beautiful Morgan uh, horse um, uh, breed. What type and we've had dogs and cats and yes. Yeah, look, I'm a I'm a I'm a, a big pet lover. I love to talk about pets. I could actually start my own show just talking about pets. I think they they give you that space that that extra person in your life to talk to, don't they? Oh, they really do, and it's unconditional love. And I had that with my horse as well. He thought he was a big dog. That was the best <laughs> way to describe him. Um, you know, there's one really- thing. I I often see cars and the bumper stickers, you know, if you own a horse, you're broke. (laughs) And I can see why they would eat quite a bit, wouldn't they? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm glad I never did that because I ended up having dogs and they were were expensive enough as it is. Now, we've talked a little bit about, you know, how you've had pets and things like that. But let's talk about childhood memories. Do you have any memories that you could share with you uh, about your childhood that you really, really love? You know, I was a very, I was very blessed with my childhood. I had so many opportunities, um, but we lived in Israel for a year. My dad was a professor and yep. we got to spend a year in Israel and we spent a month on the way over touring Europe and a month on the way back touring. So we were actually in Israel, for, I guess, for 10 months. Um, and uh, that was just such an incredible experience. Yeah, there's certainly uh, changing worlds that we're living in right now. I'm wondering with all the travel that you've experienced, what can you say about uh, commonalities between cultures? What's the one thing that sort of binds us together as, I guess, a, a species? <laughs> I think that people genuinely appreciate other people being kind. Kindness yep. really is a key that people forget about, but it, it makes such a difference. You don't necessarily have to speak the same languages or speak them well, and you just show kindness and compassion, and you're welcomed. Now, I know um, a, a lot of people, including myself, when I was growing up, uh, when I speak to them, they've, they've had somebody in their life that, you know, acted almost as if a, they were a mentor or a guide and really helped them in their formative years to become the person that they are. Did you have anybody in your life that was like that? I always say both my parents, both your parents. actually. Yeah. They both were very open to letting my sister and I try new things, do new things, um, and... So a lot of opportunities that I, that a lot of other people might not have had, mm-hmm. um, I did. I was able to, in junior high, I learned about a television studio that our junior high had, and I learned how to work in the television studio. And I, my senior year, I taught television production to the science department, seventh and eighth graders. Wow, that's incredible. You know, there's, there's certainly a lot to be learned about that type of environment. They've got very, I guess, maybe maybe they didn't, but I, I tend to think they'd have very rigid processes and very structured organization to make sure things happen the right way. Did you get any of that sort of vibe from it? Um, no, actually, we had the school was, I want to say when you live in a college environment that the schools are usually a little bit more liberal ah. um, with uh, flexibility and at least where my dad was, I guess it would be the, the preface to all of that, but yeah. he was at Indiana University for 10 years and then the University of Massachusetts for um, many years where he retired and they uh, were living there until about 11 years ago. I got them to relocate out here so I could be with them more. 
So tell me a little bit about your day. I mean, I'm not necessarily an early riser, but uh, are you? What's your day look like? I usually am up by about 6, 6.30. Mm-hmm. And I like to do some stretching in the morning and um, kind of think through my day. Yep. Not too hard, but you know, just kind of having a, a rough idea of what I want to try to get accomplished. And I get onto the computer um, and check my email and I check my social media, make sure I've posted um, the things I've needed to. Yeah. And then I, I start thinking about what I want to do in the studio. Yeah, the, the, the artistic. I love my studio. It's my happy place. The artistic side starts to kick in, doesn't it? Now, tell me a little bit about um, when we talk about, I guess, the more administrative functions of a business. What do you do when you find you wake up of a morning and go, you know what, I can't be bothered with this? How do you get motivated? Well, most of my career um, has been an administrative operations person in corporate. Yep. Um, and I am very comfortable in that environment. So, it had, I have no problems waking up and doing the administrative work and doing the things that have to be done as well. In fact, I would say that that was the, the bigger piece of my opening my own studio yep. was the fact that I knew how to run a, run a business and I could hire people. I didn't have to know it all. I could hire people to help in the, in the teaching and the education of glass art um, until I felt more comfortable to do it myself. Now, I'd love to talk a lot more about your glass art and your gift shop and everything else that we've, we've uh, just touched on. But I'd love yeah. to know, um, when you're not doing that and you're not in the zone, do you have other ways in, uh, of relaxing? And is it important for you to take time away from your business? It is important to take time away, but I enjoy my, my business so much, yep. it doesn't feel like a business. Yep. It really is a relaxation for me. Um, I opened five weeks before COVID hit. Oh, and um, so Good timing. the and, <laughs> yeah, timing is amazing. Uh, <laughs> it was a tough time, but and you know all the stresses and the self doubt and all those kinds of things all kicked in. Um, you know how? I, of course, nobody had a crystal ball, so nobody could have assumed that was going to nah. happen. But I took the time to uh, reflect on okay, if I had more time to get set up, what would I do? Yeah, And so I started rearranging the studio and, and kind of walking through what would my day be like if I had people in there. And can I get around easily and um, putting some lights in some of the cabinets so that you could see the glass better and mm-hmm. um, just kind of working the flow and doing more projects to have more samples. So I wonder, I, I think about the genesis of your glass um, collective and I wonder where did, the, where did the idea come from? Were you an entrepreneur prior to that or did, was there a transition between corporate and your first entrepreneurial experience? <laughs> How did it unfold? Well, I um, my last job in corporate was working for my husband. He had a small um, network infrastructure uh, reseller type mm-hmm. environment where mm-hmm. I did operations and sales. And I'm a bit of a geek, so <laughs> I always enjoyed that as well. And he had sold a company and we worked for the new people for a couple of years. And at about the same time, uh, my mom was taking some classes at the assisted living facility she's at and it was fused glass and I'd never heard of it. And so I thought, oh, this would be fun if I learn how to do it. I don't have a creative bone in my body. I've never been able to draw. My, my dad, my sister got all that talent. Um, but you know what, if this, is something I, if this is something I can do with my mom, I don't care if I'm good at it or not. I just want to have more things to do with her. And I fell in love with it. Yes. 
And there was a studio here in town that I would go to. And it was like something just exploded in me with, because I was only using one side of my brain. Yeah. It wasn't, there was no, really nothing creative in my administrative and operational side of life. Um, I, I like photography, but that was just, you know, there wasn't anything that I could really create with my kind own hands. Kind of like a stepping stone almost. Yes. And so I, I started uh, working at the studio um, part-time, and then the owner decided to shut down that location. I, I still say she had a better crystal ball than I did. Um, <laughs> but I love the space. And so it, it, it was, to me, it made no, it just, you have to open a studio. You have to, you have to fill the space. You it have to keep sense. it going. Yep. And I know how to run a business again. So it was like, that part just came so easily. It was like there was something definitely drawing me to it and telling me that it was the right thing to do. I have so many questions about fused <laughs> glass. I I have to say I've seen it before. My mum actually used to do lead lighting for our front windows herself. Mm. And, uh, I, and I was only very, very young, but you made me remember it. And I remember her just absolutely breathing every moment to do it and get involved and turn the kiln on and all the rest of it. But I think let's start at the start. For those who have not heard about what you do, Fused Glass Art, explain to us what it is. Um, most people have heard of blown glass, yes. which is con considered hot glass. And cold glass is considered a mosaic and stained glass, which you think of with church windows Fused glass kind of comes in between, and it's considered more warm glass. But what it's basically taking pieces of glass and mm. cutting them up into particular designs. I do a lot of abstract. And uh, you glue it down to a base piece, and I put it in a kiln. And it goes up to fourteen or 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit, <laughs> and it fuses the glass together. No one's dealing with anything hot. Nobody's dealing with the heat or anything that could hurt anybody in that respect. And the things that you can do are just phenomenal. And I don't want to say the sky's the limit, but it almost is. It's, it kind of it's is. You know, imagination. I'm I sorry? saw one of the pieces that you had done with the fishbowl, and I was so yes. impressed with it. I loved it. I thought, hey, I could have that. I'd, I like that. You could even, you know, like you were saying, um, your – the world is your oyster. You could put a light in there. It could act as a, a lampshade. It could be a, a bowl for fruit. It could be anything, couldn't it? Yes. Yes. And it's it's a lot of fun. And one of the things that I love about it, all of it, is not just the fused glass, but the community that has come together of artists, like-minded artists, who are all craving com um, community and being able to have a place to go where they can feel welcomed and be creative and not judged and and supported all through the process now we'll talk about how um people can find out more about the wonderful work that you're doing tell me a little yeah. bit more about the community because i think that's important to to explore a little bit because i know it's quite significant you've got a lot of different names uh, listed on your site and they must be all very skilled well a lot of them have only been doing fused glass. In fact, most of them have only been doing fused glass in the last three three and a half years. And you wouldn't um, notice. You wouldn't know that. Some of exactly. the pieces on this website are incredible. 
it, they are. And it's a lot of them have had other types of art in their life. Um, but translating it into fused glass was very easy for them. And they like the fact that there's so many things you can do with it. Yeah. And it makes, I mean, we can make things that are food safe that you can use every single day in the kitchen, or they can be, you know, something on a desk in your office. They can be, you know, on the wall in your living room. There's so many things you can do with them. Not everything's food safe, but we know which ones are and which ones aren't. And we uh, share that information to anybody who asks. <laughs> you, you would have become quite at a rapid uh, trot, pardon the pun, <laughs> a, an expert, <laughs> an expert in this field. Now, given that's the case, I'm going to ask you a few questions because I'm really interested to know. I love the color blue. How do you yes. get different colors into the glass? Well, this is my favorite part. I don't have to do that. I work with Bullseye Glass Company, who's out of Portland, Oregon, so it's all uh, U.S. made. Yep. And they come up with the colors and they come up with the designs and I have a catalog and I order from them. Um, I've been up to the, the uh, factory. It is incredible to watch them working with the molten glass and, and creating the colors and creating the designs. Um, and I can go in and just pick what I want. Anytime. I, I noticed a what looked to me like um, almost hundreds of drawers of the whole spectrum of the rainbow of different colors. Can you get any color? Almost. almost. Um, I would say that, I mean, there's there's lots of different colors of pink and lots of different colors of purple. But if you said, I want a specific color of magenta, or I want, you know, a Merlot, you know, purple instead of a, you know, Chardonnay or a, I'm forgetting what my wine colors are, uh, <laughs> but you know I can't necessarily get that close. Yeah, but we can. We we do an amazing job um, of finding colors that work for everybody. So Nancy, you must have started somewhere. What was your very first piece that you created? And do you still have it? I still have it. Yes, oh. I have uh, two neck uh, two pendants, and then I had a little box that I made, and I absolutely still have them. I still wear them. I don't wear the box, but the pendants I do. And um, every time I do, I get compliments on them. And it just makes me giggle because I thought I had no talent. And people are admiring my first pieces. Oh. Guess that's just incredible <laughs> to me. Um, tell me a little bit more about um, the work that you're currently doing. Do you have like a range of things that you like to do or do you have consignments? How does it work? Both. Um, so the we have consignments. I have a um, the people that you saw with all the names for are open studio memberships, um, and they're very supportive of the studio, and they they make up the community, and they really make this the studio so very special for all of us. Um, the, the friendships that have been created are just phenomenal, and you know we worry about each other. We check on each other if somebody hasn't come in for you know a couple of days. We check on them. We want to make sure they're okay. Um, you know, do you need anything? It's like you would hope that you're, these are your neighbors type of thing. An extended family almost. Absolutely, they are. Now, I wonder, um, we all know, well, most of us know, I only just found out because I was researching on your website, how glass is made. Tell, talk us about, talk to us through how glass is actually made and at which point of the glass making process do you get your materials? 
So they, um, I get it once it's been uh, initially created. So all of the mixing of the different chemicals in the sand and believe it or not, they actually even use potatoes while making it. Really? Um, Yes. Wow. (laughs) It's it's a fascinating, there's a whole video that, and because you don't even get to see the whole process when you go to the factory, but there's a wonderful video on Bullseye Glass Company that shows the whole process of it being made. But um, so they sell it to me in sheets of uh, 35 inches by 20 inches. Right. And then there's also crushed glass that I can buy pre-crushed. So I don't have to go worry about taking a hammer and trying to get all the little pieces the right size or separating them. Mm-hmm. And then they have what they call stringers, which look like spaghetti yep. and ribbons that look like linguine, <laughs> which are all still glass. And one of the incredible things about Bullseye Glass Company is that they guarantee all of their glass that they make is compatible with each other. So that's one of the scary parts of working with fused glass and most glass is it has to be compatible. And that means that as it heats and and, um, cools, that it's contracting at the same speed, no matter what the pieces are and what the colors are. Right. And so there can be a little bit of difference, but there's, they are compatible and are, will stay together so that you don't have your opening of the kiln about 18 hours after you start um, and find shattered glass everywhere. I've got so many questions for you. I'm absolutely loving this call. Now, tell me, <laughs> do you have a favorite piece? Oh, I have several fav- favorite pieces. <laughs> no, no, you can um, only have one. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. Um, I say it's really hard a lot of times for all of us is that we make something that turned out better than we ever thought it would. Yes. And it's hard to say, I'm going to sell it. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's one of those things that you just sort of have to, you know, sit with it for a bit and kind of just remind yourself that you can't keep everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not enough room. But I do have a little fairy garden that I made. And it has a bridge and it has a little, um, what looks like water, but it's, it is glass. Yes. And the bridge is glass. And I have a tree and I have bushes and flowers with different colors and hedges, um, and two benches for my, my little fairy that I have. Um, and he can fly around so that he is, (laughs) if he wants to be under the tree and contemplating or be out in the open where he's just enjoying the colors around him. Now, in terms of sources of inspiration, do you have any particular artists that you like to uh, look to? Is there anybody out there that you admire? Oh, I admire so many fused glass artists, painters, um, ceramics as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have favorites specifically. I, and I, I also don't have favorite m- music. Right. Or, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, and I find that, my mood changes what I want to do and changes how I want to do things. So I've, if I come in just a little scattered or something, yep. the piece I make is very different than on a day when I come in and everything's flowing beautifully. Yes, I can imagine. And tell me, is the colors more vibrant when you're in an upbeat mood? Absolutely. Yes. How's that? That's very interesting, isn't it? It is. The studio is very therapeutic for people. Um, mm. You really, there is a lot of energy in the studio from the glass and you kind of walk in and you're 
just sort of have this refreshing, it's almost like a breath of fresh air has just blown by you. Yeah. And some people walk in and they're immediately drawn to certain colors and others are drawn to certain sizes or, or shapes. There's no consistency. Um, and it's just, somebody will sit down for a two hour class. And by the end of the class, they're like, I can't believe how relaxed I feel. You know, it's their first time. They've never even done it before. They, and, you know, so I'm sure they came in with a lot of apprehension, uh, similar to my first class. Um, but they just, they're so amazed at all the craziness that goes on in their day. They come in and it just takes a couple of hours and they're relaxed and it, it keep, stays with them for a while. I get phone calls or emails from people letting me know that, you know, it's been a couple of days and I still, all I keep thinking about is how much fun I had in your studio and how relaxed I was. And I'll be back again soon. <laughs> now, how does um, somebody who has no experience and lacks the confidence maybe, like maybe you were at the very beginning, how do, how do you get them over that first hurdle and, and how do you introduce them to this brand new environment? Well, what I do in the class is I take them through a bit of a uh, background about the glass and about the process and explain the tools. I explain the safety of working with glass because it is sharp and has sharp points. And there's a tendency of forgetting that you're working with glass because you just feel like you're working with tiles. It's just pieces of, uh, that you're just playing with. So I have to keep reminding people it, it is glass. But yeah. you once they learn what is the scariest thing to them, which is how to cut the glass and in a straight line. And it doesn't even have to be perfect. Um, the, the look on their face and watch their whole body relax the first time they do it. And most people want to do another cut immediately. Straight away. Um, <laughs> and the kids, we, start, we teach from the ages of seven and up. Some of the kids, all they want to do is cut glass because they're finally allowed to play with glass and they can do something very special with it and they're not getting in trouble as it comes apart. <laughs> ah, I love it. <laughs> it's not like a cricket ball through the window, is it? Now, I wonder yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're dealing with glass and not only is it sharp, there's obviously some um, safety considerations to think about. Are you dealing with kilns and hot items and things like that? How does that operate? Um, the clients don't right. deal with the kilns yeah. at all. Yeah. I take care of all of that. And um, in the United States, we have rate hikes that are crazy about for energy and mm -hmm. energy conservation. So I start when the rates are low and the usage is the lowest. So they run overnight. Right. I program them. I leave and they just sit there and wait till their timers go off and they start. Wait, wait and again, it's about an 18 hour cycle. I have some fairly longer cycles because I fill a kiln with a whole bunch of different pieces. So um, I want to be the most safe that all the pieces will heat up evenly yep. and then cool off evenly. Now, I'm trying to get my head around it, Nancy. Please explain to me. Are you sitting a base piece of glass on the, on the bottom of the kiln? And then when it heats up, when you talk about fused, is it basically just melting the glass into another piece of glass? Is that how it works? Pretty much. It, it goes to a somewhat molten state right. um, in the 14 to 1500 degree level. And when it's at that state, all those little errors of cutting knots quite straight or the corners maybe not matching up quite as well, that issue goes away. It yeah. isn't 
problem. Uh, stained glass, you have to be very concise and precise um, with your cuts and the foiling and everything. But fused glass, I, I call the, the kilns my, my magic wands because there's little elves that come in at, in the middle of the night and they just play with the heat and they play with the glass and they just kind of rub it nice and gently and say, <laughs> okay, you guys over here, we're going to just fuse together over here, nice and smooth. Oh, beautiful. Round those plan. corners. <laughs> oh, look, I'm absolutely loving this call. I've learned so much in such a short amount of time. Now, I, I know that you have some really, really intricate shapes uh, and I've been looking through your gift shop. There's one particular image that brings my eye back to it and it's got amazing folds. It's the it looks like a flower. I'm not sure if it is, but it's got blue squares through it with uh, white lines. And you've got so many different beautiful pieces in your gift shop. Talk us through the gift shop. Uh, the gift shop is probably one of my hidden gems that I am the most proud of. Um, the classes are awesome, don't get me wrong, but the gift shop is filled with things that are made by myself and my open studio members. So they're supporting me on a month-to-month -month basis, and so I wanted to give back to them. So they can put things in the gift shop as well. So the, in the, the gift shop consists of online, and we ship throughout the United States, or coming into the studio and, and purchasing something. Um, and I include shipping, I mean, the, the price of the shipping um, includes the insurance. Uh, so that kind of covers that what happened with such and such carrier because there's always going to be something that's going to happen. But we've been very successful. I'm knocking on wood. You can't see that. Um, and it, it takes a lot, but we have such a variety. And we have it in the gift shop listed by the name of the artist. So if you see something that you like by one of those artists, you can go and only look at their things. Or you can look at just bowls, or you can just look at things that are on sale, or you can just look at things that are trays or wall art or specific holidays. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you seem to have a almost a seasonal approach. Do you find yourself making, you know, festive season stuff, birthday stuff and the likes? It's interesting. I really thought we'd be doing more of that. We do some. But most people really are looking for something that's going to be a memory that that's used frequently and that will be a treasure to the person they give it to. Right. And so something that's handmade and we don't we don't do um, like manufacturing of several things at the same time. We don't have laid out where you could just go and throw glass on things. Everything's handmade and one of a kind. So they're made with a lot of love and a lot of attention. And so when someone comes in and they pick something that the artist happens to be in the studio, they both light up so much. They get to find out who made it and the artist gets to see the person who wants to buy it. And that is like one of the best gifts I get on a regular basis is watching yeah, that gonna, connection. I was going to ask you how satisfying it must must feel um, to see that transaction going on. And, you know, when you started talking about it in depth and the amount of knowledge that you have, you just lit up. I, I, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder, Nancy, tell me a little bit about the typical time that it takes to create a piece. It varies, but I would say it's usually um, three or four days. They might not be in a row. Um, some things can be done a little faster. Some of the glass that Bullseye has have beautiful designs of blended colors already. 
And one of the hardest things for, I think, all of us is to say, this piece is beautiful just the way it is. I will cut it and make it ready for a particular mold that I want it in. Um, and then just let it be what it is because it's so beautiful. Um, we have a tendency of wanting to make it even more special. <laughs> but it is what it is, isn't it? Yes. And it's like any fine art. Once you've put it, put it on the page or you put it on the canvas, in your case, into form, it is what it is. The imperfection yes. is what makes it perfect, isn't it? Exactly. And I've had people say, well, how would I use it? And I said, well, how would you use a bowl today? And they yep. just kind of look at me and I said, you can put food in here. You can use it on your table every day. You can use it just for guests and company or special events if you want. Um, I said, but at the same time, you can use it for popcorn and candy and ice cream. And let's see, you can throw the keys in it. You can throw your remote <laughs> control in it if you want to find that on a regular basis. I said, you know, it, it's one of those things where it seems like it's such a unique thing. How do I use it? Yeah. And the truth is, is it can be every day or it can be that special occasion piece that you pull out. I tell you what, I would definitely put my keys in the fishbowl, that's for sure and certain. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me a little bit about your upcoming gallery exhibits. Do you have something happening in, in any time soon? Well, I have, um, except for during the holidays, I have what I've just recently started, which is an art gallery exhibit of each of the open studio members. So... The, again, these people, have, a lot of them have only been doing glass for less than four years with fused glass. And what they're making is truly incredible. But galleries and locations nowadays, they want people who have huge followings when they're going to have a gallery exhibit. Yeah. So I decided that I would change my studio a bit and make a table and part of the gift shop specifically for that particular artist for an entire month. Ah. And then we do an artist reception as well so that people will know the artist will be there that day and you can ask them about their projects and, and what their inspiration was um, and really have the conversation with that person. Yeah, I again, I, I've been through the website, theglassartcollective.com, and I've found so much amazing information. Now, you've just touched on earlier bullseye. Tell us a little bit more about that, because I know that's quite important to the whole uh, structure of the business, but they also have a lot of video training available as well. Absolutely. Um, training is, is one of the great things that is online for a lot of um, various artists with Fuse Glass, and there really are some phenomenal artists around the world who have things on the, on the internet. Bullseye does really nice short... Um, segments on particular techniques. And I love that because I think that focusing on a technique, it makes it so much easier to break it down into bite-sized pieces. So rather than trying to learn, you know, spend eight hours learning six or seven different techniques, you never really get to, to learn them very well. But when you spend a, a bit of time on one technique at a time, it's so much easier to grasp that technique because you wrap your head around it. I know that uh, you, you talked about how you're opening up just prior to COVID and it got me to thinking about what sort of an impact that had in terms of delivery. Do you sell in shop as well as online now? 
Yes. Right. And I sell bullseye glass as well. So for the artists that have their own kilns in the area, um, they can come to and purchase the size pieces of glass that they need from me as well. And when somebody wants to connect with you and they want to start learning about this wonderful craft, um, what is the, I guess, the onboarding and, and how do they connect with you? If someone wants to take a class, my website has all the classes listed, the dates, the times, descriptions, pricing, and you actually can schedule online. Um, that's the geek part of me that uh, didn't <laughs> want to have to be answering the phone and wanted to use technology efficiently. Yep. And then you come in and take the classes and, and I know who's already paid or left a deposit mm. and um, I can welcome them by name. I know a little bit about them because there's a questionnaire. Have they ever done glass before? What are they hoping to learn or see or do? Um, and so it's kind of fun because I, I know a little bit more about them and it opens up the community a little easier because they, they feel like they've been they're already known. They already feel like they're, they already they're welcomed them. to somebody who know, you know has that rare knowledge of little things about them. You know what? That thoughtful approach to running business is so uh, in demand nowadays. You know, it's about the value that you add. It's about the community that we spoke about before. It's about yes. making it easy on everybody. Make the process easy and enjoyable and people will come flooding. Now, it makes me think about... Um, when they do find your website. Please share what the website uh, has inside of it. So the website is glassartswithanscollective.com and I have some training on there. I have the gift shop, access to the gift shop right there. I even have a gallery of other pieces that are not for sale that the artists have done over time, but that never made it to the gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> And then I have information about, you know, what is food safe, what is not. So I have a whole frequently asked questions section because there's, there are a lot of questions. I mean, I, I myself had so many questions in the beginning that it was very easy for me to say, okay, what is it I need to know? So um, I built the website myself. So uh, if people find there's a little flaw here and there, welcome to my world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh I took a lot of time with COVID to build it out more. I tried to really use a very uncomfortable time frame in our lives to take advantage of having that time to do other things that I could do that would help my business in the big picture. Well, you know, I tell you, I've had a look through your website and I think you've done a fantastic job, but I've, I've also uh, said earlier how impressed I am with the, the gift shop and the, and the amazing talent that is on there and if anybody is on the call today and you want to learn more if you want to get some pieces through nancy's website that website is glassartcollective.com i'll make it easy for you i'll be providing a link below this uh interview no matter where you see it you'll be able to simply click through and learn some more about glass art fused glass with all that being said nancy th thank you so very much for joining me on the my future business show oh thank you rick so much